Welcome on into the two three podcast. I'm Cam. That is Zach. Episode three of season three, three and O edition. Zach, there's a lot of threes in that, and we hit a lot of threes. Well, Chris did against Colgate. Yeah, you love to see it. We're three and O. Love to hear it. Honestly, kind of what we expected to be three and O at this point in the season, but we're glad we're three and O. We had some tough games. All those first three games were, were close. Obviously, that comeback against Colgate was even closer and scarier. But yeah, Cam, how are we feeling on after these first few, few few games? I mean, it's good that we're 3-0. Like you said, we kind of expected to be 3-0, but it's not, it's not great. It's not great. That Colgate game was pretty rough, and uh, if we're being realistic, I'm not entirely sure we're quite ready for Maui. We might be a little bit under undercooked at this point. We, we need a little bit more time in the oven. Yeah, I honestly thought we were going to be a little bit better than, than we've shown so far. Obviously, we have won all these games, so we're happy about that. But it just feels like we're a little undisciplined. We're a little... We've, I feel like we, we feel younger than we did last year, which I guess we lost two seniors, so I guess that's, that's why. But yeah, we just feel like a little immature little undisciplined and just on paper I felt like our 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 roster was looking great we had we brought some big pieces in some big pieces came back obviously and it looked like we were ready to ride off to the sunset but unfortunately we have quite the work cut out for us and I want to take like New Hampshire and Canisius out of the equation I really want to focus on Colgate because I think that was the biggest test for us and that was the game that a lot of us had circled on paper. Like we had said before, Colgate had our number. And I think going into that game, I still didn't feel great, but I certainly felt better than I did when I came out of it. And again, it's one of those games where like you want to, you know, you're glad that you won. But at the same time, I feel like it, it uncovered more problems on our end than it did actually solve many things. There's still a lot of questions that we are asking ourselves at this point. There's... The question of, you know, is Naheem, you know, really the option at center? Obviously, he's going to be the center, but like, you know, is he the option right now? Where's Moo? Is is Judo okay? Judo's kind of getting exposed a little bit on defense. There's so many questions heading into Maui, and it's like Maui's hitting us almost at like the worst time. Yeah, it would definitely be nice to have a little bit more time to prepare, have a little bit easier competition before we go into the gauntlet that is Maui. We'll touch on that later, but it's unfortunate that, like like I already said, we, we, we need more time to develop. We need more time to mesh and get better because right now we got to grow up real quick. Obviously, the big storyline heading into this year was new coach at the helm, and I wanted to... You know, ask you first and foremost, do you like Red's game plan so far? Do you like how he's kind of approached things? Yeah, no, I think Red has been has done a great job so far. I'm not, I love the way he uses our depth in the bench. And so far, I think he's he's done what he's had to to, to get these first three wins under his belt. You know, obviously, you know, you, you would have loved to see these wins be a little bit bigger, little like have have a little more lax, but unfortunately 
these first three games have been kind of like a battle each one. Obviously, not every single one was to the wire like Colgate, but we had to battle for every single win so far, and that's not very typical for Syracuse. Yeah, no, it really isn't, and especially you know early on in the year. I remember, what was it, two years ago? We had kind of a gauntlet when we first started, but we had a little bit more of a of an older team and you kind of expected that with an older team. But this year, it's almost like we're kind of getting thrown into the fire really early. And um, if you just take away like the first half of Colgate, we were we were bad, man. It was like nothing, nothing could fall. And it seemed like everybody was searching for the answer. And we could never find it. And I think that's this, this team's biggest flaw right now is that there's no, there's no it factor right now. Obviously, Judah's the, you know, the headliner. He's the one that's going to put up the most points. But like when everything's bad, like who, who can you honestly turn to on this roster? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark, especially after Colgate is when things aren't going well, particularly when Judah's not playing well, where do we go? What do we do? And that first half against Colgate, the answer was nowhere. We didn't know what to do. We were just scrambling. You know, Judah got frustrated. He got pulled. You know, I, I do credit Red to just pull him. You know, we had to do that last year with Judah, just pull him. You know, he had to reset. Sai came in last year, this year, you know, between Q or, or Kyle Cuff would come in and kind of reset things. But, yeah, we, we, there was no answer. And it took, thankfully, that halftime, the, the little halftime to kind of reset and rethink and and, and to, to bounce back eventually in that second half i know judah's young i get it he's what 19 19 20 years old i get it but he he seems he gets so emotional when he plays and that's great like if if he hits a big shot he gets the team hyped man like he was getting chris hyped chris himself was getting hyped and like that's great but there's there's so many instances this year and and last year where he gets so emotional that it almost takes over his game. And I worry that like down the line, when we face better competition, that that's going to just completely impact the game. Yeah. I mean, and to his credit, he does bounce back. Like he, he goes, sits on the bench and he comes back and no matter what he comes back last year or this year and bounces back from whatever adversity he's facing. But while he is facing the adversity, like we already touched on, what is he doing? And it really does feel like at times, particularly against Colgate, when when he's not playing well and he's frustrated and he and he's just kind of overly emotional at the wrong times. He got that flagrant against again uh, late in this in the first half for no reason at all, and it's it just is silly stuff. And he's just better than that. And you know he's got high ambitions. He, you know he's he's obviously elite. You know that goes without saying. He's averaging twenty three points on the season, but you just love some of these immaturity things to kind of go away. And I worry too, when you look at him outside of his offensive game, I think the zone was doing a really good job last year of kind of covering how he was as a defender. That's, that's the great thing about the zone, right? It doesn't, it doesn't impact one person. You're not like hyper-focused on just one player, but in man to man, you can definitely tell that, his defensive game plan is just try to go for the swipe and that's it. Just go for the swipe. And he, he, he overcommits so many times and people just like go right by him. They just, they work right by him. Cause after one or two tries, like it's, it's not working. 
Yeah, he's very undisciplined on defense. Like you said, he he just he's way too eager to go for that steal, and he overcommits. And that happened in Colgate. That happened the first three games where he's just too eager. And I just think it's the mentality of like, I gotta get the steal, I gotta get the steal. But st- steals and, and blocks is not what defense is all about. Obviously, those are great, and the, those are a result of playing good defense. But playing good defense is literally just limiting the guy you're defending. And, and, and defending and actually defending and keeping him in front of you at all times. And Judah just time and time again hasn't done that. Obviously, like, he, it's not like he's like a huge red flag in our defense and he's constantly getting beat, but he's making these mistakes enough against competition, lesser competition, quote unquote. And those mistakes are just going to be capitalized very soon, you know, as soon as you get to Honolulu and the rest of the schedule here, pretty much. So. I don't know what's going to take for him to kind of settle in and really lock into being a great defender. To start the year, Judah said that he wanted to be ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> he's really got a lot. I like the idea that he says that he wants to, but I'm just not seeing that mentality of like, I'm playing hard defense. That guy's not getting in front of me. And I just don't see that. Are you a fan of the man-to-man, or do you prefer the the zone? I mean, obviously, it was time to switch. Has it been better? Honestly, not really. It's, I mean, we're still learning it. We're still, I mean, our, our guys, I guess, I don't know. You would think the athletes that we have on our team we would be better on de- on defense. Yeah. But for some reason, we're just, you know, I, I think our switches are off. And, you know, there's many times we're just, we're undisciplined. We're, we're missing assignments. And yeah, we're, we're still working at it. I don't know. Like you would think that we'd be a bit better, but unfortunately we're not there quite yet. It seems as almost like as if we're, we're, we're a very athletic team, very athletic, but it seems almost as if we're like channeling it in the wrong area. Does that make sense? Like it, it seems like we're, we're really good in places that we don't really need to be really good. I don't know if that really makes much sense, but we're such an athletic team. I think it doesn't help either that without Naheem out there, we're small. We are really small. We were running Malik out there at a center a couple times. Malik's 6'8". It's it's not going to work. I have no idea where Moo has been. We're... I, I'm pretty sure he's still on the roster. I mean, we haven't, we didn't see him in Monroe Madness. We didn't see him in the preseason. We didn't see him in the regular season so far. Like, I don't know where he is, but man, we are missing a backup center right now because Malik, as fantastic as he is, is not going to cut it when it comes down to playing against Tennessee or Kansas or any of those teams. Yeah, the the five position is definitely in question right now. And it's unfortunate that Naheem so far ha- has shown signs of struggling at times. You know, he's, so, he's shown some good stuff too. Obviously, he's had some blocks. It's just the nature of him being a giant and literally the biggest guy on the court. He's gotten some blocks every single game so far, which blocks are great. But just, just the small things and just he's a little slow and out of position sometimes. And especially when we're playing man, if there's any, if he's ever defending someone who can move at all, it's always a problem. And unfortunately, we don't, we haven't had the privilege to have like easier games where we're winning by a lot to let him make those mistakes. If he makes too many mistakes, Red has to put Malik in for him because we can't handle that the cost of him making mistakes. 
So he needs to be developed. He's not quite ready. And this is something we talked about pre-recording, but when is the last time we actually had a first year center to our team where they contributed first year? Like Jesse was a project, you know, all these guys have been developed and Naheem's not an exception. He's almost following the trajectory of like Pascal Chuku, who's, who's freakishly tall and sort of the same body style, sort of the same play style. But Pascal, he never really like developed with the team. And you see Naheem and you think like he has a place on the squad for sure. 100%. Right now, is he starter caliber? I think just his size alone makes him starter caliber. But the problem is, is that you have no other option right now. You really don't. I mean, it's not like a just go to somebody else, just go to Peter Carey, because Peter Carey is, you know, all due respect, he, he's not ready at all right now. He has not had the game time whatsoever. He's played in, what, one game for like six minutes? So, I mean, other than Moo, which you got to assume that something's up with Moo because, again, we haven't seen him at all. Um, You got to assume that Naheem is just going to be the best case scenario that we have, and unfortunately behind that is is Malik, and it's just... I, I worry that when it comes to like really good teams, that's going to get exposed like time and time and time again. Yeah, I mean, it just begs the question, how far can we go with Malik at our five? And and it seems like Honolulu might might be the end of that. You know, it's we'll see what happens, but it's it really seems like we can't go much farther with Malik at the five and like actually be able to compete at that position. I do want to say, though, like there were some good things to come out of these three games. Chris and JT have been fantastic. Chris especially has been like almost a Cinderella story with how good he's been. He's been killing it against Colgate. He was the, he was the only reason honestly why we were even in the game. He had so many big shots and you can't say enough about both of them. JT was a little bit cold against Colgate, but you know, Chris Chris more than made up for for his lack of, of three point shooting. I mean, even JT he knocked down two, but you know, he he's just been Chris has been fantastic this year. And not to mention that, but both those guys have also shown that they're more than just shooters. Both those guys have had great, great takes to the basket this year, which we haven't seen like at all last year. So it's great to see these guys getting get into the paint, getting beyond the three point arc and showing that uh, a little bit more off of their game. Were you expecting this from Chris? Like, honestly, were you expecting it this hot this early? Not quite. I mean, we saw flashes of him going off, but now that he has a little bit more of a leash and he, he's been playing well, I mean, it's great to see. And obviously we knew he was capable, but just so like majority of our guys other than Judah last year, just consistency was the factor that was limiting them to being the player that we hoped they could be. So hopefully uh, Chris can keep it up and JT as well. So I don't mean to like keep going back to uh, the bad, but obviously with JT playing really well and with Chris playing really well, it kind of begs the question, does Benny right now at this state, at the time of the recording, does he have a spot on the starting roster, do you think? No, I mean, he didn't play that well against Colgate. He just seemed... Maybe a little out of shape, out of game shape at least, and just a little like out of the flow of the team. You know, he only played one exhibition game with the team and has then was suspended ever since. So 
it's going to take some time for for him to earn his spot back, and rightfully so. You know, guys have stepped up in his absence, and it's only right for him to earn that spot back. So, I think it's fair, and you know, hopefully, in, in Honolulu, we'll see some Benny Williams of last year, late last year, back back. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I did appreciate the fans giving him a pretty warm welcome when he stepped on the court against Colgate. I really did appreciate that. And you can tell that like Q's nation wants him to be great. Like mm-hmm. he, he had moments these past couple of years where he has shown that he can be a superb player, but it's just a question of like, can he channel it in for one whole year? And again, you, you've seen bits and pieces of it. But I, I haven't I haven't seen the whole thing and I want to see the whole thing so badly. I really, really do. But it's just like, is it gonna be a matter of time? Is it gonna be this year? Is it gonna be next year? I feel like this this squad especially really can't can't wait for it. He needs to be the guy that he can be right here, right now. Yeah, I think he'll get there. I just unfortunately he's like a few steps behind everyone else because of his suspension. So I mean, that's on him. We don't really know exactly what happened there, but nonetheless, you know, he, he messed up in some 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 way, shape, or reason. So he's, he's got to earn his way back. JJ was was kind of expected, right? He was, he was expected. But Q has been on, like, another level. And the energy that he brings to the squad, fantastic. He's such a great player. I think if you, if you look at the psi factor, right? The psi factor meaning that player that you can go to when you're down and out that you need a little bit of energy from, it's got to be Q, right? Like, it's got to be him. He's He's been so fantastic. He's been that guy for the past three games. Q's been great. I mean, he comes up with so much energy, like you say. He plays defense. He gets rebounds. He's like one of the top... Is he the top re- leading rebounder? Or is he he's, he's up <laughs> he there? Is. Yeah, I yeah. think he is, actually. He, he's, he's leading the team in rebounds, and it's just like... He he's a great guy to have on this team, and you know obviously this last game against Colgate, his minutes were a little limited, but he's gonna he's gonna be a great contributor on this team this year, and we always love Q minutes, and yeah he he's gonna his role is very very big this year, and we need him every minute out of him we can get we need. If you were to give me the whole roster, and you were to say hey through the first three games, who's gonna lead rebounding on this team? I think Q might be like the last guy that I pick. Maybe but not yeah, last Q, guy, but I mean, he's he's down there. He is. He, he, I don't expect it. I didn't expect it from him, but he just has that like quiet presence about him. He he's been fantastic this year, and I think, like I said, JJ has been fantastic too. I think everybody was sort of expecting that from him, though, and um, obviously there was a ton of hype behind him when we were even at Monroe Madness. People were talking about him, so. JJ has really come into his own and I, I love that he has kind of he's taken his role on the team and he's just he's ran with it. He him and Judah work very well together, but when Judah is out, no matter what's happening, JJ's like, all right, I'll control point. I'm good. He's got that very calming presence about him. Yeah, JJ's been super solid. He he he's got that like very steady heartbeat to him. And, you know, he always gets his 10 plus no matter what. He, he's steady, he's constant. And yeah, he just feels very controlling and comforting whenever he, he's got the ball, he's controlling point. And again, like like you said, he works really well alongside Judah. And yeah, he's been super solid. I, I, I've loved what I've seen from JJ so far. 
Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, everybody everybody loved him coming into the year. I didn't really know what to expect out of him, but he's he's just kind of taken his role and he's he's really ran with it. And just looking at this Colgate game in, in general, I mean, there were so many like factors that went into why we were down by so much so early. I remember watching the game for the first like 10 minutes and I was like, this is going to be one of those games. Okay, that's that's fun. But what can I say? The full court press is undefeated, dude. It's absolutely undefeated and it completely stymied Colgate in the second half of the game. It was so funny to watch them like completely fluster and Malik's defense was outstanding too. Yeah, I felt like we were playing Virginia in the tournament. Yes. <laughs> it was great. I mean... They they really stepped up in the second half, and credit to this team for getting up after they got absolutely punched so hard in the face in the first half. Credit to them. Honestly, like it seemed like things were were, were slim to no chance that they were going to come back from that. You know, energy was very low. They got booed off the court yeah. at halftime to then end the game with with the biggest cheers that the dome ha- has heard all year, which is quite quite the amazing turnaround. And I don't want to like undermine that comeback that's not what we're trying to do right now but it, it it felt like a game that we really shouldn't have been down by that much that early on and I do appreciate the fact that we never really like we're completely out of it we never truly gave up especially in that second half for a little bit in the second half, it seemed like we were kind of just trailing towards, okay, let's just finish this game and let's get to Maui. But really kind of from the dead came out of nowhere. And I appreciated the energy that the fans gave. I appreciated the energy that, that the players had. But I think overall, there were some pretty wise decisions that, that Red had made. I, I, obviously, the, the full court press. But just overall, I think... His handling of substitutions and getting the right personnel in there at the right time. I know it kind of contradicts my statement earlier, but having Malik in there was was fantastic, even if he was running at a five. And, you know, being able to make those changes is something that I think Red, what people were going to be fixating on Red about, you know, if, if he's going to be able to handle that kind of pressure. And I think that he is just that game alone, just that second half alone has really proved that he he's up for this task. And it was very, very promising to watch. Yeah. Red said in his presser that he, he told the guys at halftime, we're going to work in four minute, four minute increments. And every four minutes, we're going to see where we are. And, you know, that steady progression of where we are, look, you know, just lock in, do your work, look up. Okay. Got a little more good. Oh, and that's what they did. They did a steady slowly took that lead away, kept going and kept going. And credit to Red and the team for stepping up and believing in each other and, and just playing hard and really bringing the energy and effort that was lacking that first half. You know, they found a way to dig deep and, and, and just go at it and play really, really high energy. And it was really, really awesome to see. Heading into Maui, there are a ton of very, very good teams on our slate. Obviously the first is Tennessee. They're what seventh in the nation, something, something close to that. You also got Kansas. You got Marquette. You got Gonzaga. You got Purdue. 
And then you got a really weird team by the name of I, I can't even I can't even find them right now. Shamanad out of Hawaii. They're a D2 school who are playing Kansas first round. I, I've never heard of this school before, but I got to say, I'm really rooting for Can- or for, for Chaminade. That would be one of the biggest upsets I've ever seen, ever, against Kansas, the number, what, three team in the nation right now. This this Maui, other than them, though, this Maui template is stacked, and there's so much that we need to be working on, though, heading up to to Maui right now. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, we, we already touched on it, but we're, we're feeling a little nervous about Honolulu, the Maui Invitational. It would be nice to have a few more games ahead of us. I mean, obviously, we're going in with great momentum. We're 3-0, great comeback win, but still there's some stuff we need. We, we feel like we need to work on, I'm sure, internally and externally. You know, us looking in, we're saying that as well, but... The field is insane. You know, everyone's saying it. Everyone's seeing it. I mean, you, it doesn't take long to look down the list of teams in, in, in this gauntlet that's like, yeah, this is the real deal. This is the top tournament of the year, and we're in it. Not to mention, I don't know if you knew this, but we're undefeated in Maui, Syracuse. I think really? we have I think we have three titles or something like that. We're like 7-0, 9-0. I don't know. I don't know all the – but we're undefeated regardless. Huh. So historically, gonna, we got some big shoes to fill. What are the odds that we play Chaminade in a championship game in Maui? That would be uh, some alter world <laughs> mind-bending. <laughs> there is an alternate reality where that does happen. I don't know how far that alternate reality is from us. But looking at everything that we have talked about, the the bad, the good, mostly the bad though, what is the number one issue that we need to work on heading into Maui to be competitive? Not to win, just to be competitive. I think it just comes down to energy and effort. That covers like everything. That means you're, you're going to play some solid D. That means you're going to you know pick up your teammates and play with some grit and some urgency. I think if we come in with the right energy and effort, you know, that that can translate to a lot of things and we'll be in a place where we can at least compete. I think, too, shooting's got to, like, at some point find its groove. I knew going into the year that mainly Chris and JT were going to be the shooters, but, I mean, guys, I, I don't know. They're, they're, it's so cold all the time. This team is shooting six for 33 without JT and Chris. That's 18%. That's abysmal. That's terrible. That's just not going to win any games. So if Chris isn't shooting well, if JT isn't shooting well, who else is going to step up and who else is going to make shots? I'm, I'm curious to see who that third person is going to be. And off the top of my head, I mean, it, I don't know who it would be. I mean, probably maybe Kyle could come off the bench and knock some shots down. He's We've seen that in the preseason that he could do that. Maybe Q could hit some big shots. But as a team effort, it's just got to be better. Yeah, that's a big concern. Obviously, we need some other shooters besides Chris and JT. Obviously, all those guys besides them have sh- shown that they're capable. But yet again, it's another thing where they just haven't shown any consist- consistency at that. So we'll, we'll see if... Someone's able to step up a little bit. Obviously, some other guys have made threes this year, but 
it's been very, very bad outside of JT and Chris. And honestly, you got to let those guys just shoot. They should take, I mean, they already are taking the bulk amount of shots, but they should take even more, honestly. And yeah. some of the guys who are not as consistent should, you know, give their threes to those guys because those guys are the guys that are, are making them and, and they, 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 they need all the shots they can get. And we're getting great shots too. Yeah, they are good looks. They're very good looks, but it's just they're not falling. It's just the the I feel like we've had this issue for a couple of years now where we're getting good looks, but nothing's falling. And that was the issue when we had JG3. If JG3 wasn't shooting well, then okay, who else is going to step up and try to shoot? Oh, we're still getting good looks. Oh, they're still not falling. I don't know what it is about maybe the dome or just our shooting drills or what, but we're so hot and cold and we have been for the past several years. It's been really rough to see that. And I know that I know we can shoot better. I know the team knows that they can shoot better. Um, but overall, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that like just needs to happen heading into um, ACC play. I do want to ask you though, real quick, this is obviously a three day stretch really, really quick turnaround. Do you think that's going to help us in the end? It's going to be maybe nice to have that quick turnaround. If we get a win, jump right into the next one to get that momentum. Or do you think it's nice to kind of have a little bit of time to debrief after the game and kind of work on the things that you need to work on? I mean, I think unless it's an absolutely horrible loss, win or lose, it's good to play the next game. You know, if you lose, you just want to Go in the next day play and play better the next day. You want to play immediately afterwards. You just want to go. You don't want to think about anything. You just want to go again. And if you're winning, you just want to carry that momentum and, and, keep, and keep lighting things up. So I think the day-to-day stuff is fun. It's great for us viewers to just, you know, three days of, of Q's hoops. What's better than that? I mean, obviously some of the game times might be a little hard to watch during the day. But hey, three days of, of Q's hoops, is there's nothing better than that. And then after that... You come home, you play LSU, and then you get your first ACC game against Virginia. In How Virginia. fun is that? I yeah, in Virginia, nonetheless. Like, and then after that, you get Cornell and you get Georgetown, but then you get Oregon again. So it's like the schedule is—I don't know who made the schedule, but this is rough, man. This is really, really rough. It's like no, no breaks at all, ever. Just constant, constant go. Maybe it's good. Maybe it'll be good for us to kind of get that that you know those reps in and everything. But from what I'm seeing right now, man, this is gonna Zach, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough sledding so far. Yeah, we're gonna be on for quite the ride. I mean, obviously, we're not looking for moral victories, but hopefully, we were able to at least compete moving on here, and especially that first game against Tennessee. But you know, you never know. We could uh we could we could knock him in the, in, in the tooth and and knock him down potentially. So. We know these guys have the confidence to do so, so we'll see if they're able to get the job done. Maui Jim, Maui Invitational from Hawaii next Monday, the 20th. Zach and I were going to go to Hawaii for the tournament, but you know, not not enough funding from the 2-3 in order to do that, unfortunately. It's tough so out here. It is tough out here. We're grinding, man. We're trying to do the best we're trying to grow the two three as much as we can so we can go to honolulu and for work purposes only of course you know no no lollygagging i do wonder how much time they actually get i'm sipping a coconut on the beach if we go to if we go to oh i'm telling you that oh bro we're sipping coconuts on the beach we're hanging out 
outside as much as we can. I wonder how much like time they get to relax out there. I am very jealous, but I wonder if it's just like, hey, this is a work trip. We just got to go and do our thing or if it's like a, you know, get a get a day or two to kind of unwind and everything. I mean, I know Jim's mentality was we're here to play basketball. That is it. Yeah. We were in the Bahamas a few years ago. That's what he said. I'm sure Red will have a similar approach. And, and the guys do too. Obviously, it's cool to be in Hawaii and there's temptations, but at the end of the day, you're there. You want to win. You want to compete. And some of those distractions are distractions and you don't want to be distracted by them. So, Hey, after the Maui Invitational is when you will hear from us next. Until then, man, we're 3-0. and Hopefully we'll be six and zero, right? Maybe we're gonna be we're gonna be six and zero. We're gonna be six and zero. If we're six and zero, what are we doing? Are we gonna shave our head live? Oh, jeez. If we're six and zero, shaving our head. Well, you just said it. I think we got to do it. We'll dye both of our beards orange and we'll shave our heads if we're six and zero. So you'll see us next on the live stream, shaving our heads and dyeing our beards. And until then. (laughs) We will talk to you soon. Let's go Cuse.